Hey, Princess, welcome back to another episode of Princess Chronicles. It's Nikisha. We have wrapped up the month of February and entered into the month of March. Uh, around here, February, we talked about love, of course, because everyone was talking about love. But before we end February or before we end our theme for February, I just want to talk a little bit about love your pets um, because they are a part of our lives. If you have a pet, they are like children to us or some of us. So let's talk a little bit about loving on them as well. I'll see you in a moment. Okay, princess. So loving your pets. Why loving your pets? Um, and I think it's because they are very significant in our lives. And for those of us who have had pets, you know this. They become a, a member of your family um, and a part of who you are, a part, just a significant part of your of your lives. And for those of you who don't have pets, um, I'm sure you know someone who does and how significant they are um, in their lives. And the interesting thing to me about pets, and it doesn't matter if you are a cat person or a dog person, um, fish, whatever the pet is that you have, it's something about the joy that that animal will bring to you. I remember teaching preschool and we had classroom pets and it kind of helped the children understand how to take care of someone else or something else, how to be responsible, how to have compassion, you know, how to study and learn about the, the reptile or the animal they actually kept in their classroom. So pets did a whole lot of things. And I know um, for me, I have had a few pets um, in my life, uh, a couple of goldfish that Definitely, I got at the carnival that didn't last very, very long. Um, and then I had a very, uh, I had a lot of fish. Um, but I had a fish in which we uh, called Greedy Ray Charles. <laughs> and that is because he liked to eat a lot, but he was also blind. Um, he had a disease and I actually stayed up all night one time nursing him back to health. But afterwards, uh he still liked to eat, but he was blind. He could no longer see. He would run into the run into the fish tank. Um, but I still loved on him. That was still my fish. And I was still sad when he was no longer with us. Um, and that's the thing about pets. They find a place in our hearts um, that we can find ourselves kind of really being attached to them and, and loving on them again as as part of our families. Now, the current pet that we have is, I was not looking for a pet. I, I tell you, I was not looking to um, add another member to our family. And that is because of the responsibility of taking care of a pet, especially a dog, okay? Because dogs, I can't leave this dog in a house for, you know, a couple of days at a time and just throw some, have a feeder in the fish tank and drop enough food in there so that it feeds the, you know, fish. This dog is requiring a whole lot more. It is like a child. It needs to go be taken out to the bathroom. It needs to go for walks. It needs affection and playtime. It needs food. It needs constant, you know, water. It needs proper sleep. It's like, this is work. But I was at a, um, I don't want to call it a bazaar, but it was a, a place where it was um, like an open market. 
um, where they were selling all types of things. Um, so outside of the place was a farmer's market and inside the place they had like, like a swap meet type thing. And I was there with a friend and I saw, um, some people who had their dogs and I'm like, these dogs, they're so cute. Like, you know, dogs just kind of grab my heart and attention. And I'm looking, I'm like, they are, they are so cute. And the, one of the ladies said, well, around the corner, they're doing, um, they're having for adoption. And so it's an organization around there and you can go. And she's like, we're just walking this one and we'll take them back. But there's lots of pets around there. So I'm thinking that is so cool. Let's go look at a pet. Maybe I'll walk one, but definitely I want to see, um, because, they were cute. And so I get there and we're looking around and there are some that are really, really, really young um, puppies. And then there are some that are a little bit older. And yes, they were um, all rescue animals and they were having them for adoption. And we were just walking around, my friend and I just taking a look. No, 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 we're not looking for a pet. I just want to look, I just want to admire, you know, the puppies and the dogs and love on them a bit and then leave. Well, as I was there, there is this one particular dog who they were, had on a leash walking around, but they were trying to keep him isolated from everyone else. And the reason why is because they said he does not like people. He's not a big people person. He kind of sticks to the owner and that's about it. Okay. So he's walking around on this leash and he's barking a couple of times at the people because there are lots of people, as you can imagine. And I was over and he walks over to me. This antisocial dog <laughs> walks over to me and I'm seated because I'm talking to the lady and he just jumps in my lap and lays down. And they are all looking amazed as to how in the world is he sitting in her lap, a perfect stranger, him not being the people person. So I just sat there and I allowed him to sit in my lap and a couple of times, you know, he would lick my hand and, you know, nestle up and of course wants to give kisses and I'm not a big dog kisser. Uh, and so I would like, no, no, no. And he would still lick my arm or lick my hand. Um, and then after being in my lap for a good, maybe five, maybe five, 10 minutes, he jumps down, walks away. And it was not... 20 minutes later, because I'm, you know, dialoguing with this lady and it was not, I promise you, it was not 10 minutes later that I had a very bad, um, migraine episode and one of the hemoplegic migraines that I have. And it was like, he detected it, it coming. Now, of course, being a rescue dog, they take some training, training on how to be therapy dogs. And so he had detected that this migraine was coming. And jumped in my lap to try to bring me comfort and lick to try to make me better. And then he jumps down and walks away. And sure enough, the episode happens. Now, the owner is like, wow, like he is drawn to you and attached to you. And he's he would be a great uh, therapy animal for you because he already can detect like what's going on with your disorder. And so I'm thinking, 
holy crap, how am I going to explain this to my husband? Like, how much is this dog? And um, <laughs> are we really going to be able to keep a dog? And so I called my husband. He's like, no, 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 no. We don't need pets. Um, and I'm like, but he's so cute, you know. <laughs> and I'm trying to justify the cuteness of this dog and to let him know that he's can already detect what's going on with me. And so while I'm having this discussion with my husband, he's talking about how much and, you know, dogs are expensive and how much is this dog? And the owner walks over and says, we want to be a blessing to you and we're going to gift this dog to you. And I was totally blown away and shocked and amazed as to the generosity and kindness of them. And he, he was willing to walk away with me on a leash. So, um, my husband, um, conceded and allowed me to bring home a dog. And so that became, became our adventure with bear bear came home with me. Um, he didn't bark at me or growl at me. He literally came home and he had adjusted and adapted to home life with us. And he has been such a blessing and he has continued to detect when I am not feeling well, when, um, he will jump in my lap and try to lick my head. And then my husband now knows that, you know, there is coming an attack on this way. And he'll start asking me like, how are you feeling? Um, he's detected the seizures that I've had. He's detected like something's happened. He will come and just lay his body across mine. So when I've had an episode and I am, you know, in the bed for a few days, he has come and just laid across my legs and will not move. He doesn't want to get down to go eat. He doesn't want to go potty. He doesn't want water. He just lays across until I am feeling better. Like he's taken it on as his job to make sure that I am okay. And I, I love that about him. Um, it just, you know, it just makes me just loving on this pet and making sure that he is well taken care of because he does his job to make sure that I'm well taken care of. And there is just this relationship that we have. And yes, he will, you know, cozy up to my husband and to um, our son, but it's something about when I am away, um, when I leave home, if I, you know, go on vacation or visit a friend or I'm out or in the hospital, whatever, um, he sits in my chair, my recliner chair, and he does not curled up with my blanket. He does not want to move. He's waiting, watching the door, waiting for me to come back. And they have to kind of, you know, it's time to eat and it's time to go to bed, but he doesn't want to do any of that because he's waiting for me. And when I come home, he does the cutest thing ever. He will um, jump up or run to me lick me jump so he can like he's trying to lick and then he would just he does what I call the happy dance he jumps around on his hind legs and then he um goes and he takes off running and he will run around the furniture and then run up the stairs and run back down the stairs and around the furniture and around my legs and he'll keep doing these as laps because he is so excited that he's trying to get his excitement out that I'm finally home and then I think that's the appreciation of pets that we have is that they admire like and appreciate our relationship and they love on us 
just as we should be loving on them. And I know if no one else is excited about seeing me, Bear, which is his name, is excited about seeing me. And he appreciates um, when I arrive home that he's going to have some attention or I'm going to get his attention. And it's just this relationship that we've developed. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate of just the relationship that you have with your animal. Now, why do I say all that? And how does this fit, you know, biblically or, you know, you guys are talking about love and you understood all the other weeks that we talked about love and how is loving your pets, you know, something that is worthy of conversation? Well, I think it is. And I think our pet lovers will say the same, that pets are worthy of discussing when it comes to love. But there is a story in the Bible that I would like us to kind of just talk a little bit about. Now, this story is found in the book of Numbers chapter, well, the story starts in chapter 22 and then it concludes or it continues into the next chapter as well. But it's the story of this man who's considered a prophet um, or a worker of divination as well. And his name is Balaam um, or Balaam, if you're pronouncing it in, in, in English or familiar with it in English. So this individual who has this connection with, with God and has the ability to speak what is yet to come. However, he doesn't always use his gift to the ability or to, for the good, I should say, he will at times use his gift for profit. And that's what we find in the book of, or chapter 22 of Numbers. There is this individual who is uh, by the name of Balak and Balak is in leadership position and he is troubled by the children of Israel. He is, he's troubled by their size and that the fact that that God is with them and he wants to annihilate them he wants them destroyed he wants a curse put on them and so one of the things he does is he calls for he sends his people and says bring me uh bring me Balaam Balaam right right so bring him to me and so he can curse these people, right? So he sends for Balaam and Balaam is like, I let me inquire of the Lord first, which I find that whole thing interesting, but you can read it in more detail. The fact that he is, he's going to be paid for this job, but he says, let me inquire of the Lord first. Um, so he does, he goes in prayer and um, Adonai tells him that you are going to, you cannot curse them, that I've blessed them. You cannot curse Israel. And so he comes back and he tells the servants of Balak, I can't go with you. The, you know, Adonai is not permitting me to go. And so he doesn't go and they go back and they tell Balak and Balak sends people of, you know, more prominence, um, and send them again with money to say, Hey, Balak wants you to come back. And so, um, Balaam is, 
again, you know, Balaam goes and says, let me inquire of the Lord again. And so he goes back to inquire of the Lord yet again. The Lord says you cannot curse them, but this time he says you can go, um, but you cannot curse them. And, and there's this twist in the story that is fascinating to me that, you know, at this point that, you know, Adonai gives him permission to go and yet and still, um, we find this encounter that, um, that Balaam or Balaam has that is, um, interesting because I'm like, if, if Adonai, if God gives him permission to go, then surely the next encounter that we see should not happen. Right. But I will say this, sometimes there is God's, um, perfect will, like this is what he wants. And then there are times that he will allow us to experience the things that we want that we keep asking for, like, you know, God send me a husband. I want to be married. I want this. I want this. I want this. And then God does it for you after saying no or wait. And he gives it to you only for you to realize and understand like, this is not really what I wanted or not really the path in which I wanted to go. And so then we seek God to like, please help me get out of this. And, and Israel had done this many of times. They had, you know, we, we, want a king like everyone else we want a king and then they get Saul the king and then they realize oh no we don't want a king (laughs) and so this is um this is the way I think of human nature sometimes we consistently ask God for something um until he gives it to us and then we're not always happy or satisfied with what God has allowed us to have it wasn't his perfect will but it was something that he permitted to happen and I think that's what's happening in Numbers chapter 22 where we find um, Balaam sitting there with his um, or on his way to meet Balak and so the next morning it says that he jumps on his or or gets everything packed up and he gets on his donkey, which this is his pet. This is what he has written around on. They have been together for a long time. This pet is a part of his family. Um, And so we see that as he has boarded this donkey um, that he sets out. So Numbers chapter 22, starting at verse 21, it says, Balaam got up early. Uh, got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite uh, officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, With a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into the field. And Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path through the vineyards with the walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under um, Balaam and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, what 
have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have always written to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and, and fell face down. And I read from verse 21 to verse 31. Did you see that? It's the donkey who is trying to rescue or save the life of his owner. It's the donkey who is trying to see, who can see the angel of the Lord and knows that they're, that God is, is opposing their journey. And he's trying to do everything that he can to keep his master from being slain by the angel of the Lord who is standing there to oppose him. But he's not listening. Balaam or Balaam is not listening. He's not listening to his pet. His pet is there again to rescue him. And that's something about loving on our, on our pets and understanding that they have this sense of compassion and they have this sense of awe. It's like God, they were made in, in, um, they were made by the same creator who made us and they have this ability, I think, to sometimes pick up on things and sense things that are happening around them. And he could not only sense, but he could see that this angel was standing there when this human could not see. This donkey had a, a supernatural sight that Balaam could not see. And therefore, this donkey is doing everything because it is fearful, I think more so for its master than it is for himself. And so he does, he's trying to halt He's trying to turn off. He turned off the road. He slammed against the wall. And finally, he just laid down under his master. He took the punishment. He took the beatings. But then the Lord opened his mouth and allowed him to speak. And what he speaks is, is haven't I always been with you? Have I ever done anything to you that like this before? He had been a very good pet and he was using his God used his voice to allow him to say, look, this is out of my character. And I think sometimes if we are uh, attentive to our pets, we realize and understand when things are outside of their behavior, like it's not normal for them to respond this way. And because they don't have a voice, we can pick up on the different sounds of a bark. We can pick up on mannerisms and behaviors. I know that um, I spend a lot of my time upstairs and we don't have a doggy door. So when Bear goes downstairs to he wants to go out so that he can, you know, go to the bathroom or just sometimes he likes to sunbathe. So sometimes he wants to go out and just lay in the sun for a moment. So when he is downstairs and if we're home alone and I'm upstairs, uh, he will wait around for a moment. And if I don't come down, he does this one single bark 
and it's just to get my attention. And the sound of that bark is so different that I know when he makes that particular bark, it means he's at the door and he wants to go out. But that is because I have tuned into him that we have this relationship. I've loved on him enough that I am listening in just as you would with a newborn baby. The sound of the cry is different. So you can tell by the sound of the cry, most of the times, if they want to be changed, if they're hungry, if they want attention because they're bored, because infants get bored and dogs get bored too. And so I can tell by the sound of Bear's bark whether or not he wants to play. Uh, there's a certain type of bark that he does when he is bored and wants to play. It's just about being attentive. And Balaam was not attentive to his donkey. And so he was missing the cues that the donkey was giving him and it almost cost him his life. It wasn't until the animal who had taken the beating just decided I'm going to lay here and not go any further because if I keep, keep going further, it's going to cost probably both of us our lives, definitely my owner. So he just kind of lays down and refused to go. And I don't know about you, but some of us with pets, we can see that rebellious side of them. Like I know if I want, if I'm, when I'm out walking there and I want to go in a direction that he does not want to go in, the pull that he gives me on that leash, it's almost like he wants to, he, he kind of lays down and, and bears down because I pull a leash and he's like, not moving at all. And you can tell that he's using all his strength to keep from going in that direction. Well, this is kind of what the donkey is doing. He's laying down and like, I'm not going any further because I see what is about to happen. And then it says the Lord opens Balaam's eyes and then Balaam, Balaam could see the angel in the Lord. And it's then that he bows down and prostrates himself, falls down on his face. Um, because now he see what the donkey has seen all along. So with that being said, go love on your pets. If you don't have a pet, spend some time in an adoption center, volunteer your time and just show the animals love. Show your creatures love. Adopt a pet if you can. Go to, you know, there's a fascinating things about pet stores is they love volunteers to come in. So volunteer to go in and love on a pet, um, spend some time with them, find a, a comfort dog and maybe take that to a senior citizen place and allow that comfort dog to bring comfort to others. There are so many ways in which you can love on pets. Um, so make it your mission to find some animal that you're going to show love and compassion to because they were made by the same creator that made you. God bless you. Go in peace.